Right, we're live. PKN take two. Yeah. Uh, I was just explaining to Kyle at length about all my PC problems. We did a take of PKN. We got maybe what? Let's call it six, seven minutes in. And uh, my computer crashed, which has been happening to me lately. And I don't want to buy a new computer yet because I keep being told that, like, we're a few months away from a whole bunch of new components, GPUs, CPUs, etc. And uh, so I just got a new CPU because I kind of think that's what's wrong. And, um, well, I don't know. It's in the mail. Yeah, I think it'll go well. So let's, I, I think we're going to do Hateful Eight talk with spoilers. Okay, so. we'll go back to that. Um, I'm going to take this little visual aid. You guys can see it on your screen right now. Uh, it's just the top of Kyle's head. It's normally where Taylor would go and move it. There. When spoiler talk is over, this thing will go away. So you can easily skip forward in the video. Uh, if you're an audio guy, I don't know what to tell you. We're gonna <laughs> I don't know how long it'll be. A couple of minutes, I guess. Yeah. Ten minutes, maybe. So um, I went to the 70mm roadshow thing. I had to go to uh, Regal Station in, uh, in Atlanta, which is an hour and a half for me. Uh, it's farther than I thought I was going to have to go. The, the theater near me, though they do have the equipment, didn't show the movie. Uh, so, I, so I went to Atlanta, stood in a ridiculous line. Like I, The line just kept getting longer and longer until I was in some sort of back storage area with trash bins and stuff. But finally got in, and I, I didn't like the movie. I, I, didn't, I definitely didn't love it. I think it's his worst movie. Um, I, I like all of his other movies better than this one for sure. Um, and it... it I'm not really exactly sure what it was. So I like the characters. I like Samuel L. Jackson's character a lot. He was ridiculous. Jennifer Jason Lee was incredible. Uh, um, um, what's his name? Kurt Russell was amazing too, uh, you know, as the hangman. And then uh, what? The, the, the young guy, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's there at the very, you know, he's the one who survives until the very end, the white guy, the, uh, the, the, the southern boy who's going to be the sheriff. Right, I liked right. him too. I thought he did a great job as well. What I didn't like was just kind of the direction the film took and the plot holes that are in there, and it just didn't seem like. I love. I don't know. It, I, it seemed I think clunky, it, and the pacing didn't seem right. And I, there's a huge dramatic turn in the movie, right? Like, like, like this is you can cut this thing in half. Prior to Samuel L. Jackson telling the blowjob story. It's kind of a spaghetti western that's rough around the edges and well photographed with some interesting characters. Prior to the blowjob character, it really goes off the fucking rails into Patrick. a Tarantino universe nightmare that kind of loses itself, in my opinion. Like, like he's doing the double pistol headshots. And there's just blood everywhere, and just what what, what my my biggest beef was like. I didn't feel like there were eight characters. Like, like I felt like the guys who were really just pretending to be, uh, you know, characters weren't characters at all. I thought, um, I thought Christoph Waltz was in it. I, I, I thought he was in the movie, but it's uh, it's Tim Roth playing the uh, the British character. Um, I thought he did a good job, but that char that role seemed like it was totally written for uh, for Christoph Waltz. So much so that at first you're like, is that Christoph Waltz? Like, like he just he really pulled it off well. Well, uh, I can't name an actor other than like Kurt Russell and Samuel Jackson, but I loved the movie. I thought it was great. I was completely engaged in the movie. Uh, this is spoiler talk. So 
the way that they told the second half of the movie first and then like came around and told the end of the movie after that or like i thought that was incredible uh, i did not see it coming you know because they like i think the second I, I don't know my scenes but like the second scene they went back and they're like earlier that day and they showed the bad guys arriving i didn't feel like any of that was necessary oh like I felt like all that was wasted, and I felt like his narration to me seemed really awful. I, I hated when, when Quentin comes on and starts talking. I don't even remember that. Oh, I, maybe it's not in the, the regular I version. But, but, but there, so I there's an intermission. Was. We had an intermission. So uh-huh. like halfway through the movie, right after the blowjob story, right after he kills the Confederate mm-hmm. general, the movie fucking in, stops right there, screens off and everything, and you've got like 10 minutes to go pee. And then when it comes back on... It's with Quentin Tarantino talking to you, and he's like, "Ah, so a bit of time has passed since we left oh, our characters." I, I remember it now. And he, yeah, he goes into this whole thing. I, I didn't like that at all. I um, loved it. I loved every bit of that movie. It's one of the best movies I can remember in quite some time. I did not see it playing out the way it played out. You know, like I, I, <laughs> <laughs> a bloody mess. Yeah, I, I, you know, and and you know, who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? I didn't, I, I. I Obviously, I knew something was fishy. The door was broken, and that was a hint to me that something was fishy from the get-go. I don't think it was all that subtle. But um, it was like, you know, that I bet there was like a fight or something around that door to break it off the hinges like it was. And, mm-hmm. um, I, and it turned out there was. And I, I just, I really liked the movie. It was great. It was great. I thought it was better than Tomahawk, Bone Tomahawk. Is that what it was? Oh, it's definitely better than Bone Tomahawk. Okay, but I mean, that's okay. an independent film that cost two million, and this versus like a Tarantino film with like star-studded, and it's better than that. But it's like apples and oranges. Better than the reverence. It, it wasn't what I. Oh. It didn't live up to what I feel like, felt like I was uh, gonna get. Like it wasn't Bastards level. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't Django level. I felt like bo- Django and Bastards are definitely better. At least one of the Kill Bills What's is the better. Full name for um, Bastards again? Pulp Fiction's definitely better. I like Reservoir Dogs better. The, the characters bastards? in Reservoir Dogs are better. Um, I guess it's on par with True Romance. Can you hear me? Uh, what's it ba- comes and goes, actually. Oh, well, shucks. Uh, what's Bastards? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, Inglorious Bastards. One. Right, right. That was an outstanding movie. That was an outstanding movie. Um, it seems that when I speak, you can't speak. Um, or maybe, I don't know how huh. it's getting like recorded on your end, but when I'm speaking, I cannot hear you. So I'll just be sure to pay attention. Well, I really want a new computer. <laughs> well, you're getting one tomorrow. <laughs> no, the CPU's coming. I, not the whole computer. Uh, That's close enough. Do your thing. Be all right. I'll have to do some. We need a we need a uh, PC sponsor. Get us get us some uh, some sweet bills. That would save me some time for sure. Um, dude, I loved it. I wish I could detail every piece of it. It's not as fresh in my mind as you. But I walked away like, dude, I've just seen a really great movie. Um, the whole 70 millimeter thing, Tarantino's such a nerd. I look, I admire what an artist he is. Right. But I kind of feel like Stern. Did, did, did you watch that three minute Stern thing with me when they talked to the Disney exec? Like, yeah, Stern watches, Stern watches shit on his phone though, his iPad and stuff. Like he's got no, no appreciation for theater whatsoever. Like he's a hermit who, who is what it really is, is is he refuses to go outside of his house. He's a germaphobe. Do you remember when they I'm sorry, we're going way off topic here, but just to punctuate what a what a weirdo he is, mm-hmm. when they had this bed bug outbreak in New York, he literally wore a biohazard suit into work. Like he'd put on a biohazard suit, get in his limo, they drive him to work, he'd come in with it, he'd only take it off when he got in the studio. 
like <laughs> all right so i'm not uh, maybe i'm just closer to a normal person than stern is but he was like look Tarantino, the, the kid's doing this 70 millimeter thing. It means a lot to him. This is just one theater. Let it play. And that's kind of how I feel about him. Like, you know, you're over there. You're playing with your, your shitty 1930s cameras. Um, it, it, someone on the PKA subreddit supported my point. He's like, I saw it you know, on film in 70 millimeter. He had his little booklet for the road show. And he said, but the pimply faced teenager doing the projection couldn't get it in focus. Now, the thing is, that's been happening all over America. Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't think it's better for like the film industry. I don't think that it, I think if, if everyone switched to 70 millimeter, I think it'd be a fucking disaster because it's hard to do apparently to project it. Mm -hmm. It's really expensive and the projector itself is really expensive. So, so like, like I'm not saying that at it's all. It's not the projectionist's fault all the time. Like a lot of this equipment is just old and it doesn't work that well. I don't know that. I I think Dude, it's I think been happening I don't know. I think the projectors are while they're are, are, are one like really difficult to use i think you need like a projectionist like a professional and, and maybe they're they don't have as many of those as they would like but i think i don't think the projector itself is old school i think that the technology is just what's old school i think it's like new stuff but old technology i, I read this article online where they this they showed the second half in digital it was really interesting right because these guys had the first half in projection the second half in digital. Now I read the same thing you read. Okay, yeah, I, I know yeah. exactly. So they didn't do it on purpose. The first half just didn't work out right. It was fraught with glitches and stuff. And I feel like that's part of the experience. It's part of the experience I had as a kid. You know, like it. it uh, we'd all sit in the movie theater together, and the shit would be out of focus. And you just look <laughs> around like, who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them? I don't think they know. All right, we're four minutes into the movie now. Until like one dad gets up and walks back and you're like, all right, he took terror telling the guy it's out of focus. This hey, is yeah. what, now it's like they just hit play on a DVD player or something and it works. And Yeah, they got a hard drive. Yeah. yeah. It just, well, I'm sure it's not literally a DVD player, but it, I think it takes about as much expertise as your home theater setup, you know, yours and whoever's listening. I wouldn't be surprised. And that's great. I love that it's simplified. I love that, like, this whole thing of movies getting stuck, uh, movies burning, like, in the thing, or movies just being yeah. so out of focus where, like, the whole theater kind of looks around for a representative. This is Yeah, I don't know how that doesn't get immediately, because that's just, that, that seems like some minor adjusting that needs to be done be, up yeah, in the project, right? by the projection. Everyone's adjusted a lens for focus. But, the, and, and the whole theater, like, anointing a representative to go tell them to fix it or start it over or whatever. Uh, this is a thing that I feel like most of our listeners, you know, people who are younger than me, are not aware of. Like, that's not the, the current movie-going experience. The current movie-going experience is, it just works perfectly every goddamn time. That's yeah. digital. I... I I agree with that. Oh, but, 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 what I, but what I liked about this nice is the nostalgia. Movie. Hold, hold on, oh, this I is the thing. It. You got to catch the movie at the start of the run because it looks better. It'll be worn out if you watch it three weeks in. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, uh, no. This is my childhood. I know about oh, this. Oh, your child. Oh, you're. Well, <laughs> I can't speak to that then. That, that sounds awful. It might awful. be better now. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, like, I would think there'd be. That, like, it seems like a year from now, that movie's fucked. Like, it's not even worth it. You can't even watch it, it anymore. Those, this is what that sounds like. It gets those um, lines on it. The, like, like specs and shit. Like, get just real quick. It's brief. Cigar burns and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what they're calling, I think. Okay, I think you're right. I didn't know the term, but I've heard it before now. Uh, you get these little, like, cigar burns on it when the movie's been playing for a couple weeks. Yeah. I, I liked it. I, 
I, it definitely was a whole different appearance on the screen. Like, I'm not gonna say that if if you like if you tried to trick me and just like I looked at the center of the screen, I could tell the difference every time. Um, I can't. I don't know. I haven't seen it like one and then the other. But around. But I could definitely tell by observing the whole thing there that th that it was film and not digital. It just looked completely different. It was moving a little bit. I thought. I felt like like the way the colors were changing. Um, and uh, and around the edges of the you know at the top and the bottom, it, it was a it was a different look. I don't know how to describe it. I liked it. Um, it's it's. It's perfect for stuff like this, I feel like. I know there's like a handful of directors that, that are into it, like Christopher Nolan, Tarantino, and I don't know. Woody Allen, I think, only shoots on film. Um, I have a thing. So I got a letter on Reddit. They may even have a follow-up for me right now. It was going on just before we started the show. And uh, they invited me to go see The Hateful Eight, the road show, in 70-millimeter film. And uh, I had to decline. Oh, look, here it is. Um, yeah. All right, so update. They, they, they invited me, and I was like, I can't go, because they were going tomorrow. But um, my parents are coming tomorrow, and I'm going to spend some time with them and stuff like that, do, like, the Christmas experience or whatever. So um, I was like, dude, if it was any other time, I'd totally – a lot of people have been like, hey, I live here. Let's, we should meet for a beer. I'd love to, you know, whatever. And, uh, like, the offer of going to a bar and buying me a beer, I, like – has no value, less than value. Less like, than, like, like, how much are you going to pay me? Uh, what do I get paid to come? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to explain it to other people. Like, I, I really don't like the bar scene. It's very loud, right? So it'd be like, all right, what if I offered you an opportunity to get cigarette burns on your forearms? And here's the kicker. I'll give you something that tastes terrible, right? You can drink vinegar, vinegar while I give you cigarette burns on your forearm. <laughs> and it's like, look, I know this is your scene. I know that you like it. No, thank you. But these guys are like, Woody, I'll buy you a ticket to the Hateful Eight. And I'm thinking of doing something to, I don't know, give them all Tech Tuesday t-shirts. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I might still have 50 of those in the attic. <laughs> Take two! <laughs> Hey, one for your friends. Yeah, I'll share the big popcorn. I don't know. I don't want to be a taker. But um, there's some fans who, who'd like to go see The Hateful Eight with me. And just now, they said, could we do 2 p.m. on Thursday? Which I, I, I told them, like, my, my, like, I own my schedule. I can, I can do the things I need to do. But I have to be home by 7 on Thursday. I have to leave by 7 on Thursday so I don't miss PKA. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <coughs> so it looks like that's what we'll do. I'll tell them yes. And, uh... We'll do Thursday at 2 p.m. Yeah. See the movie. I, I really wanted to like it more. I really wish I did like it more. I ah. felt like I'm trying to be explain why I didn't like it. It's a bit difficult because I like I did really love certain aspects of it. I felt like the characters, there were no likable characters for me, for sure. I didn't like any of these characters. Um, Kurt Russell's character was just so harsh he was so harsh that I had a theory early on that he was the one, that he was in cahoots with the woman. I was like, why does he keep telling everybody how famous this chick is? It feels defensive almost. I, he keeps mentioning, oh, I'm not, she's not coming off my wrist. In my head, I'm thinking, like, maybe he's the one, and that's going to be the big twist, that, that he's going to be the one who's like her lover, and he's, he's killed the real hangman or something, whatever. I, I, I didn't know what it was going to but I like that twist. I, I would have preferred that. But because, you know, I didn't like how he died, even though I didn't care for his character. He was my favorite up until that moment. Uh, I, I did. I, 
and I, I didn't think he was drinking enough of the coffee to kill him. So when he dies and or when she kills him, it was just like, ah, well, shit. And then when Sam Jackson goes into that blowjob story, it really went off the rails there. And and I'm like, I don't think anybody in this movie is, is likable even a little. Like I didn't I didn't like Sam Jackson's character. I felt like he was a bad guy. You know, he burnt that prison down, killed all those innocent men on both sides. Uh, uh, the general seemed like an, a horrible person. I mean, we heard stories of his of you know him executing the prisoners. The hangman was just really beating the shit out of that woman. And while I, I, I you know, <laughs> while I'm all for equal treatment, I felt like it was a bit harsh. Like he was beating her so much that I thought I was like, he's totally got to be in cahoots with her. Otherwise, why would he ever beat her so much? He just like, there's had, no. He had no value for her as a person. Like I. I I treat animals better than that. I treat things better than that. You yeah. know, I, I don't toss around my equipment as much as he tossed around that. He treated that her like a like a like a shitty washing machine that just won't fucking stop. Yeah, just 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 any chance he cr- and not like not always. He he just, he just like gives her an elbow. He he just like in the future when you get elbowed in the face, you know it means to shut up. He's doing his best, John <laughs> Wayne. He, he was like. Let's work out a signal. When I elbow you in the face, that means shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, was very good. Like, like I really liked that part of the movie. I didn't start disliking the movie until they had been in the cabin for maybe twenty or thirty minutes, and I started feeling like there, were, there were. I didn't feel like I was getting those great moments anymore. Like when the Confederates sitting over there and doing his thing, and when. Sam Jackson is like jawing back and forth with the rednecks and they're just nigger this and nigger that. And I, my, the most interesting character to me was Bob, the Mexican guy who was the one who was having to weave that crazy lot. Like he, he was the one <laughs> he had to come up with a way to sell this story. The, You're calling me a liar. I like that. He, he was like, but I ain't calling you a liar yet. <laughs> and I knew I was like, Eventually, he's going to call him a liar. <laughs> Dude, I really like Even as you're, like, reminding me of, of sections of it, I was like, yeah, I like that. I like that. And then, you know, an hour later, you'd be like, remember the time I said that didn't seem right? This is what I meant by that. And yeah. uh, it's like, oh. I like the, the sign, you know. She had the sign over there that said, no Mexicans and no dogs. And she took it down about two years ago. You know why? She started letting dogs in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All of that was great, but, was but I just great. felt like I needed, I'll tell you what it needed to me, and it's going to sound crazy because the movie's already over three hours long, I felt like we needed some flashbacks. I, I felt like I needed a flashback to Sam Jackson's life, or a, a flashback to Jennifer Jason Lee's, Jennifer Jason Lee's the woman, obviously, I guess. Um, maybe some flashbacks to her and cahoots with this gang, some some background with them. Like I didn't really feel the amount of time between they the amount of time that passes between the point where we learn that they are a gang, you know, the, the members of their gang and that they're all together. And the amount of time that passes between that, between that realization and the point where they're all dead is so short that we never really get to appreciate them as a gang or what each component might have done or what their specialties might have been. I like Tim Roth's, you know, going from the the silly posh accent to the, the dirty, like, hack... Um, uh, uh, like like poor accent. I can't think of it. Cat Hackney. He was the same or whatever. guy from Django. Hmm. Well, no. There's an issue for those two people because most of the time, 
when an actor bids for a role, that actor is one of a kind. But this guy has a supply and demand problem because the, those two are interchangeable. They are a, um, a commodity. That's Tim Roth. That That's, uh, he is this, I'm trying to think of some other things you he might have seen him in. He, um, so in Pulp Fiction, at the very beginning, the, two, the couple is at the diner. There's Honey Bunny. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's him. Oh, he's the same as Garçon, coffee! <laughs> um, Garçon. Yeah, I, I liked Hateful Eight a lot. I did not see the twists coming. I thought the storytelling was great. Uh, I haven't seen it in 70 millimeter, so I feel like I'm unqualified to say this. But to me, this is a movie that didn't need 70 millimeter. 90% of it takes place inside of a log cabin, single room. You know what I wonder about that? I wonder if I'd like to see the digital cut and to see if you can see as much of the room as you can on the screen. Because when I was watching it, I kept thinking that, like, all right, Kurt Russell is over here in this corner of the screen, and way the fuck over there are the other characters. Like, I was, I was literally turning my head to, like, get take the whole room, and mm -hmm. I felt like it was a, uh, like a fisheye lens that was giving me I, a better view of the cabin. Another um, thing. Maybe it, there were a couple outdoor, like, snowscapes, right? But yeah, I think 90% of the film took place in one spot because, and, and I'm not an expert in this, there were big fucking 900-pound cameras on probably 1,000-pound tripods, and it was difficult to do the kind of things that you do with, you know, a DSLR, for example. You know, it, it, well, like... Uh, I, I don't think that was a determining factor for the whole movie being indoors, though. I... I... I don't know. Maybe there would have I'm, been a larger What's that Sir Lawrence airplane? Olivier movie where he's in the desert? Um, I mean, that's shot in 70 millimeter. Is, like, they is. can do that shit. Like, I saw, there's actually in that little handout thing, there's a, a still image of the, the camera rig, and it's like a, it's like getting a close up of a thing, and it is on like a crane. Um, but it's, it, the camera's no, they, they have a regular size umbrella covering the camera. I don't know. It's that size, but I mean, it needs the whole umbrella. It's a big camera, I, I just, but I don't think it's any different than IMAX work. I, I don't know. I just had this notion that because the cameras are unwieldy, I wonder if that incentivizes them not to, you know, try to get steady cam shots running next to a horse or something. Nah, I don't think so. Because, you know, he wrote this thing forever, mm, uh, four years ago or something. It was... It's a bottle piece. I think that's what they call it when all the characters are are locked into one little area. Hmm. I hadn't heard that term before, but it works for me. I um. I, I oh. like stories like that. Movies like that. You know, maybe they're on a life raft, or maybe they're stuck in a bunker, and the tensions run high. Um. I liked it, but I didn't love it, and I think it's 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 definitely not as good as Bastards or Django. It's not as good as Kill Bill to me either. It, like in my opinion, like the, I enjoyed Kill Bill when I watched it. I'm trying. I'm basing this on how much I enjoyed these films when I watched them the first time. Um, and like, like, I think it's at the bottom. I think it's right I, down there with True Romance. I loved it. Uh, I for me, Kill Bill's not a close. It's not close. Um, when you compare it to Inglorious Bastards or um, Django. <sighs> That's some really stiff competition. Uh, I, I, it might be third in that. It might be second. I think Inglorious Bastards is first. But to me, it was a Django-like yeah. film. But I liked them both. Yeah, I like Django better. I felt like in Django, you, it was a revenge thing. So when I see Django like do this violent, awful stuff and blow people apart, I'm like, yeah, fuck them up. But in this, I was just like, what's all this about? Why are we all so hyper-violent? Like, 
we, I felt I felt like everyone hated each other immediately, and I know it's called the hateful eight, but Jesus Christ, it's like the most. It didn't they couldn't get along for 24 hours. It was fine. That was just normal violence. It wasn't even that rough. Um, the thing about I didn't like about Django as much is it seemed like it was too many almost disconnected stories. Like, you know, you, you learn a new character, then there's all these other new players. And to me, that Django kind of wandered in its storytelling, whereas Hateful Eight felt really orchestrated and figured out from the get-go why didn't they poison the coffee as soon as they got there opportunity i uh, mean the coffee was already sitting there and kurt russell barges in with her tied to his wrist and like like why didn't they kill him right wait, there? Wait, why didn't they kill wait, him wait, when wait. he was eating his stew the coffee why didn't they might poison have been him immediately from the start I, kurt russell immediately threw away the coffee as soon as he got there because he didn't like it and made his I own want, but Kurt Russell immediately made his own coffee when he got there. That is true, but but like, do you think the first batch of coffee was poisoned? It could have been. That could have been. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. They still should have shot him like at, at any number of times, and that conf- and I I was surprised like when they went back. I was like letting the Confederate guy hang about during that during, for days of deception, like that to me seemed like. I feel like at some point, like as Bob, I'd be over there. You still holding it together, old man? Like you still, you still on, you still on task here? Like because mm-hmm. because he's still down in the basement. He's still ready to kill you and all. And the and um, what's his name? Um, oh god damn it! That fucking uh, the guy who was down in the basement. I wouldn't know his name, but the the uh, gang leader. I do know his name though. Fuck. The gang leader from Twenty One Jump Street. He's uh, Jonah Hill's friend. Uh, he was at the end of the end. He was the sex slave that they pull out. He's the Channing gimp. Tatum. Yeah. Really? I didn't notice yeah. it was him. Okay. That was Channing Tatum. Yeah, he's the one in the basement who blows the balls off the uh, off of uh, Sam Jackson. I didn't even. Catch and I totally that. got a hint of some sort of incestuous relationship between him and Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, right before in the in the eight seconds that that passed <laughs> when they were both uh, present at the same time. Hmm. That, that was it, shocking when he died. Do we end the Hateful Eight talk here? Or? I guess so. Yeah. All right. I'll remove the visual. Bam. There it is. Hmm. What'd you get for Christmas? <clears throat> Anything? Not really. Uh, some little stuff. So uh, Some Fallout swag. Uh, uh, I, got a, I got a Super Mutant, uh, like, just a bunch of Fallout swag, actually. Hmm. Um, just a bunch of little little odds and ends. Nothing really. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a weird spot. You can't even get me anything for Christmas. I mean, like, you hypothetically could, but, like, Jackie? She's just buying me stuff with money that used to be mine. Like, it, you know, it's... Uh, I understood that one. Like, like, when, like, one person's the breadwinner and, like, all the money is kind of being earned and going in, going from him to a pool, it reminds me of Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase when, when, uh, when Cousin Eddie can't afford to buy his family Christmas presents and Clark says, don't worry. Me and Edna are gonna take care of your family's Christmas for you. And he's like, "Oh, Clark, that's 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 so generous of you." Tell you what, Clark, go ahead and when you make that list and put it together, put something on there real nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Buy a present for you from me while you're buying my family Christmas. Go ahead and do it. something real nice." <laughs> I I I understand where you're coming from on that, but um. So what? 
So what did what did you get yourself this year from Jackie? So I have been getting into like everyday carry. Um, there are people more into it than me, but there's this notion like people get all excited about their keychains and their knives and their um, uh, wallets and stuff like that. And I had had this guy, for those of you on audio, it's a small multi-tool called a Leatherman PS4, I think, something like that. Squirt. And squirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think actually PS4 is right too, but it's the, the Squirt is the other name for it. And I had Woody's gamer tag engraved on it, and it's cool. I've liked this thing. I've done more work with this little squirt than you might guess. I, I, I mean, I've cut open a thousand pounds of cement and sand with this thing. I've I had countless boxes and I fixed the damn go-kart and cars with the damn pliers. And it's been really handy. I, I, I love my everyday carry, but had I seen it in person, I don't know if this is the one I would have bought. It's really small. It's, mm -hmm. it's super small. So my wife got me the juice. <laughs> and you can see the difference. Now, I picked this out. Um, I was like, honey, this is the one I want. And I value it being light in my pocket. And uh, uh, I'm like, all right, this is exactly what I want, but I want it engraved. And she goes, oh, what do you want it to say? I say, that's your part. That's, that's your job. You need to come up with the engraving. And she's like, oh, so much pressure. I'm like, come on, baby. I'm literally giving you the money and a link to what I want. You can handle what it says on it. Um, and I like it a lot. The, the knife, it like snaps into, it's not a lock blade. Hopefully I'm holding it right, but it kind of like jumps into place like that. So it, the other one is just smooth to open and close and all the yeah, things. Yeah, there's a are, bit of retention. Yeah, it has this little thing here. I forget what this is. Of course, this is a bottle opener. Can you see it? Yeah, yeah. My, oh. my own camera was like getting in the way a little. I can see now. Okay. Of course, this is a bottle opener, but this thing here is a can opener. And it's a nice way to open boxes. Like if it has the paper tape that Amazon uses a lot, I find a knife can either cut the contents inside or whatever. I just need to break it. And this thing breaks it nice. And it's super easy to get to with this big thing on the side. I like it. The engraving she comes up with is, you are my favorite thing. I thought that was a good one. She's like, it's a double meeting, right? Like, you know, it's yeah. a, you could you grow to like this tool. You know me and I, I grow fondness for these material things like oh yeah this nalgene bottle's been with me for 12 years now we went up the hills of harlan kentucky and whatever over time as this thing becomes scuffed and gets me out of jams here and there i will grow to like it too and my my dad has always carried a leather man um for just about as long as i, I think before the leather man he carried just a case pocket knife with the two folding blades but he's had the Leatherman now for a long time, and they're always battle scarred because they had this lifetime warranty, and he'll send them back and get them back. And he's he's had maybe three or four throughout the years, but his current one, you get it out, and uh, one of the like it's got pliers, and the, it's like needle nose pliers, mm -hmm. and and one of the, and the tip of one of the pliers is like snapped off. He's broken it off, and he gets out the like the serrated blade. And he's like, look at this. I cut through a 220 volt wire just right through it <laughs> and it like arced across it and, and like blackened the whole thing. And it's just like, I was like, it didn't shock you. Like, no, nah, no, nah, just right fucking through it. <laughs> it's just like the th those things are always just battle scarred and just, and, and you talk about like getting it, getting you out of a rough jam. Like he got his hand sucked into an auger one time. It wasn't running, but it was a, is spring loaded. So he's stuffed into a pipe. His hand is, and it's being pinched and, uh, but I'm there, and, and I was able to, like, get the pliers and, and fish him back out. Well, he tells that story every now and then. He's like, I guess I'd still be there if Kyle hadn't been there. Because, like, 
you know, he, there's no way to get. It wasn't a, a situation you could self ex, extricate from. He was just kind of like, "Well, I'm here now." How bad <laughs> yes, was this his is hand? Life. Like huh? his hand. I it, I hear farm machinery getting stuck in it, and I think that this is a damaging thing. It, he has beefy fingers. <laughs> He uh he got he got one stuck in a uh, not stuck but a forty eight inch uh, fan hit his finger one time and I feel like it would have just cut mine off but it just gashed his uh, in this situation it was imagine a steel pipe about mm-hmm. this big around and on the inside is an auger which is a basically a spring right you know it's a steel spring it's uh, and it I hear auger and I think like a giant drill bit that like maybe moves hmm. grain through a it's pipe. more like a it's more like a curly fry. Okay, so it's like a, a continual spiral, and when it when it spins, it pulls, right? You know the the motion of that. Well, it's disconnected from the motor; it's being worked on, but it's been pulled out under lots of tension, so that you can work on it. And whatever, and the vice grips that are holding it under that tension come loose and pull him on into the pipe with it. And so his hands all jammed into this tiny pipe with a auger, and you know he's right-handed, so it's he's in a. It was a real jam, but I dug him out with the leather man. Was he cut? Um, um yeah, yeah. Hmm. But he—he's he, a super glue kind of guy. He—I've uh, never seen him get stitches. He always super glues himself up. Did you know that's what it was for? I don't know if it's the same formula, but I—I I have seen. I know that they use super glue in like ERs and in medical work. Um, I—I—I I, I don't even know if it's true, but. I used to be into um, coral reef tanks, like like it, basically a fish tank, but instead of fish being the focus of it, it would be all the reefs like swaying. Yeah, you're a reef keeper. I'm a reef keeper. I am, or I was. And um, uh, what you do sometimes, it, like it's an expensive hobby, and a way that people lower the cost of it is like maybe your, you know, whatever hard coral, or ac- I don't even know the names of it, acnoid or something, uh, is just killing it and i've got something else well i can break off a piece of yours and you can break off a piece of mine and then in a few months we'll both have you know healthy whatever and uh um the way what you do is you grab that like the dead coral it's pretty much a rock and you'd super glue to it and i'm like you can super glue it and they explained to me that yeah super glue was originally designed to like mend flesh and things like that that's Hmm. why it, it like, there aren't many glues that have much Im- impact on flesh, but super glue does. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I, it, at least they told me that super glue was originally designed like to, as a stitches get, replacement. PKA fact. I believe it. It's, it's in my <laughs> repertoire now. It, it'll never change. Yeah, I've seen, you know, he'll have a, a, like a deep cut that needs at least a butterfly bandage. And he'll wash it out really well. He'll usually put a bunch of neosporin in there, but then he'll fill what's left of the gap up with neosporin and then just kind of push the skin closed and hold it there for, you know, while he has a conversation and then let go. And it's like, yep, good as new. And it's just like, I don't know about that, dad. (laughs) Maybe we should just go to the ER. And the ER has jacked, like I had, um, I've got a scar on this finger where the ER jacked me up and just did a shitty job stitching. I I would rather have super glue at this point, as long as it's not, I don't know how to describe, but there's a certain level of wound when you know it needs a stitching. Yeah. And, uh, I think a three-stitch, four-stitch kind of cut is probably better off the super glue situation. Save fourteen hundred bucks too. I'll guarantee it. I um I have a super glue tip. I don't know. Maybe this is widely known, but I only learned it ten years ago. 
in woodworking, sometimes you get super glue on your hands. Like, you know, sometimes that's the appropriate thing to use. And uh, uh, when I when I have it too much, and it, it's just like your hands feels awful. It feels bad. They're like almost crinkly. It's just not flesh anymore. Sand your fingers, not with a motorized tool or anything, but if you just take regular sandpaper and rub your hands on it. It is by far the most effective way to remove super glue. It, it'll make your fingers perfect like you want them in a few seconds. That's I'll keep that in mind. I always use paint thinner, but then paint thinner has a, a way of like making your hands feel awful too. I'm, I'm kind of OCD about my hands. I used to have a real problem um, where I had to keep them uh, moisturized all the time. Like I couldn't stand it if I didn't if I hadn't like gotten some lotion on these things like the uh, the area between them like if i ever felt like it was like the webbing was like sticking or like bonding together or if there was any dryness it, I, I i couldn't even stand it i still can't touch cotton like i touch a cotton ball i'm cringing so bad like like i i won't be a bitch about it like if there's a cotton ball uh festival or something i'll be like yeah i can take it <laughs> but in, on the inside i'm screaming i'm just screaming because i don't I, I can't stand the way like rubbing a cotton ball between two fingers would feel it's it's a nightmare to uh, so uh, <laughs> on Woodycraft we just launched factions havoc it's our new map and it's a really big deal to me uh, we work so hard in it and it's been super successful but these players reach out to me with this tone of absolute emergency like, Woody, you've got to come here. I found a problem. And uh, I'm like, all right, well, what is it this time? And I go, and like nine times out of ten, it's like a missing light source or like some only cosmetic thing. Or It's or, dim in this corner. Or, or maybe we'll have like, you know, a light source, five blocks, a light source, five blocks, a light source, four blocks, and then five. And they're like, this isn't right. It's five, five, four, five. You've got to fix this. And I'm like, seriously, this is what you like. I'm like, I, <laughs> there's hundreds of people playing this right now. And I'm, I'm focused on that. And he's like, I'm OCD. I can't take it. So that uh, I fix stuff for silly, for crazy people. You're crazy. <laughs> Very nitpicky. Uh, I saw a gun today I liked. I was at, um, I went to Eric's new house and he's got, um, just in case he's super top secret. I went to where he keeps his guns. And um, and there was an M&P uh, 22 down there, and it, and it looked and felt very much like yours, sort of a compact feel, maybe a little smaller than yours, but it was a 22, and it had a threaded barrel. Mm. Um, I'm gonna get one of those real soon. It, it felt it felt like a compact pistol, but my pinky's not hanging off the bottom. It felt good, and uh, and it's a perfect platform to put a 22 uh, suppressor oh, on. Did you mean like my LCP? Mm-mm. Like the M&P. Nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, Very yeah. similar to your M&P 9, but it's a 22. Yeah. I, you know, when I first got into guns, I didn't like 22s. I liked my guns loud, and I liked them to kick back. And I liked this notion that you could kill a human-sized animal like humans. Uh, or a Tyrannosaurus-sized animal. <laughs> and uh, that, that's why I got a 9. But since then, I've really grown to like 22s. Um, they're nice to shoot, and they develop good habits in the shooter. Uh, you know, with the flinching and stuff. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I enjoy them a lot. But it's actually, I've been thirsting for a new gun lately, too. I watched a guy, um, I watched a guy shoot in a competition. And uh, he had a, I guess it'd be called, is it called a double action, single action when it can do both? 
No, it's just called double action. Oh, because I thought a double action was like the M&P9 where it did both in one trigger pull. So this is a double action because when I pull this, it's cocking the hammer and rotating the cylinder. Um, I have other pistols that are a single action, and, and that's not the case. I have to pull the, the hammer back every time. That's single action. Um, like a 1911 is... Single action. And an M&P9 is... Single action. Oh. It's more of a revolver thing. See, I think... I oh, excuse I me, excuse me. No, um, it, all right, so the Glock... If it's got a hammer, then it's double action. You're right, you're absolutely right. I don't know what I'm thinking. I, so with your okay. M&P9, it does have exposed hammer, right? I don't think so. No, M&P9 doesn't have an exposed hammer. It's like a Glock. Is a Glock... A Glock's not a double action? No, Glock is not a double action. I don't know why. I, so, so here's a 1911. It's single action too because I can't shoot it right now. There's no way to shoot it until I cock it. Single action. But this is double action because, just to verify, I'm sure I don't fucking plug the wall over <laughs> there. Um, you know, I don't have to cock it. I can just pull the trigger and it'll do all, it'll do everything. Okay. So, so far what you've said lines up with what I think I know, right? The 1911 that you demonstrated, single action, because you got to pull it back. The revolver that you demonstrated, double action, because it does both. Now, I thought there was a variant that was called double action, single action, where you either get kind of a rough trigger pull that pulls the hammer back and shoots, or you can pull the hammer back in advance and shoot it single action if you choose. Like that. That, I... I wouldn't bet against what you're telling me. You're the gun expert. I, I thought I've seen that called double action, single action. Okay. I, I just don't know the distinction between double action and the double action, single action, because... Do you have the this, opportunity to fire at single action? Same thing here. So now so I, we can go single action. Right. So in my world, that would be called double action, single action. Whereas a hammerless one, like a Glock, is only double mm -hmm. action. Because you did both, like you know, the, the entire cycle happens. Well, at once. when you when you when you you're sort of charging it when you when you cycle it with a Glock though, because it's all internal and it's not a hammer. It's a um, striker. Um, what do you call it? It's not a striker. Yeah. Yeah. I see. We're doing that audio thing where like I can't hear you even if I'm trailing off a little. I'm. I've noticed. I think it makes us better at not interrupting because I'm, I'm very <laughs> conscious of like I. Right, this isn't going to work until he's done. Yeah, yeah it's just like, <laughs> this is falling on deaf ears. <laughs> um, anyway, I saw this guy, and his gun was like a 1911, but I, I think it also didn't need to be pre-cocked. And uh, I was like, I don't have... I have a thing where I like to own all the different actions. You know, I have a, um, a Smith & Wesson... Is it 686? Does that sound like a Smith & Wesson model? Yeah, I think it is a 686. And uh, um, it's cool, you know, but I now I want one that breaks open. Like, and you sort of... Ah, put like a Webley, I think, okay. maybe. It, that's the and, British one. And I want one... Mine, um, I, I don't know what to call it aside from the wheel. What is the thing that holds the bullets that falls out the side? Cylinder? Cylinder, yeah, yeah. So my cylinder tips to the side, but they have other ones where they don't come out at all, and you just kind of feed it one by one. Um, I want one. Ah, I have one of those. Yeah. Um, I've got a Ruger, uh, that does that. Um, super red Hawk, I 
think, but I've got a Blackhawk too, and I confuse them. Okay. But but I like that too. That's kind. Of, I mean, it's not as convenient, but it's it's just a different kind of way of doing it. So I know what you. I like all the variations too. All the little variants of ways of doing things that I just realized I, don't, I have a different screen up. So you're probably saying things and I don't know it. I'm waiting. I can hear you, and I'm just I'm waiting my turn. I like there's some people who might like their thing would be to get say the complete Glock Glock collection, right? Like they'd love to have every one in the in the Glocks. I'm the opposite. I'll pick my favorite Glock and then want something that's nothing like it. A top break revolver. That's what. Uh, that's the kind that uh, breaks. And yeah, yeah. I uh, I I don't know. I want a lever action. I have a lever action, but it feeds from a tube under the the barrel. I want one that feeds next to the action. I don't know if there's names for those, but like the uh, is it the old Winchesters or Remingtons. I don't know, but you feed them from the side. Are we talking about the rifles? That yeah. The, so the tu- the the ones the tubes. I have one with a tube. You've shot it. And yeah. What I don't have is one where you sort of feed in the bullets from the side, just above the trigger. Ah, okay. I want that. I want all the variants of all the There's variants. also the rolling block rifle. Are you familiar with this? It sounds like I need one. Let me show you what it looks like because I, I like them a lot. They're, they're, they're very old-timey. It's not like a Calico 9, is it? Is it like a Calico 9? Uh, no, not at all. It's, uh, it's more like um, if you've ever seen Quigley Down Under. Um, I think it's we a single that. shot thing. I think we watched that movie together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar to what he had. I don't understand it yet. Um, there's a diagram below that shows a bit. Um, yeah, it's not helping. <laughs> no? <laughs> um, how does that work? Um... The whole top opens up and one round slides in. I need to find it has a like uh, two hammers. You pull a hammer back, then you pull another hammer back, then you feed the round in. Am I right on this? Let's see here. Ah, this will be perfect. I have a four second long. Oh well, that's terrible. <laughs> There's a chance. <laughs> oh, that's the worst video ever. Not as perfect it's... as we thought. Look how awful this is. I mean, it shows you the very basics of, of what we're talking about here, but it's just as low effort as it gets. I think I need to rewatch that. <laughs> yeah, it's over so fast. Huh. But obviously in the related videos, there's tons of... Um, yeah, I'll leave it up. And Hickok's got one there. U.S. Rifles since 1776. That's a long one. Yeah, he's, I, I, I don't know how, I have a feeling sometimes he studies up for his videos, you know, make sure he get his facts right, but mm-hmm. based on watching him in his videos, Hickok is unstumpable with regards to, like, rifle history and stuff, like, he just... Yeah, he seems really knowledgeable about that stuff. He, yeah. Um, it's, Eric it, is, too. Eric's good about that stuff, and, and like, bizarre stuff, like, like um, that I just don't know anything about. He He's got a pile of... Uh, Mosin Nagants, and we were just looking through them and like the different variations, and there's 
many, many variations. Many tiny variants, right? Like they, when I look at them, they're very similar. Uh, Eric might see the differences, but I'm like, oh yeah, these are all Mos and Nagants. You got some are a little longer and some are a little shorter. <laughs> yeah, he's the got the same. long ones, the short ones, the different bolts, um, you know, different different year makes, um, different accessories, different wood based on where they were manufactured, all kinds of crazy stuff. He's got a neat little collection. I mean, it's it's not like. Hmm. It's not like a professional collection, but as far as like amateur collections go, he's got some cool fucking shit. People can get pretty interesting when they have a passion for something for like a decade or two, you know. Then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, like this guy is an expert in a field, and it just. I, I think I would like Hickok videos if I didn't like guns. He just. It, it's. I, I watched a video today where someone had played violin for just over two years. And she showed herself in the first week, and of course she wasn't very good. Um, it, it, not very good. But uh, then you know you had like five seconds of her playing at like a week, at two weeks, at three months, at six months, at nine months, at a year and a month, and, and until eventually, like two years in, the result of her practicing every day for over two years, and she seemed good to me. I, I'm sure there's someone out there who, who sees the flaws, but to a regular person, it's like, that's a woman who can play violin, do you know? And uh, I don't know. I, it just People are neat when they put their mind to something. My, uh, my dad told me the other day that he wanted to, um, to play some songs and, with like multiple instruments and record them all. And, he, and so I've been looking into it. I guess there's a program called GarageBand. Um, so I, I think I'm going to produce a thing for my dad because he, he basically wants to play... Um, these old country songs like Hank Williams and stuff, but he wants to play like he wants to play the whole band. So he'll do he'll do it once with a guitar, once with a banjo, once with a, a fiddle, uh, once with a harmonica, and then he'll sing it. And so I'm gonna mix it for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's he's, cool. He's like, how do you do that? How does that work? I was like, well, I was like, everything's digital now. I think I was like, I think this is gonna be pretty fucking easy. We just need some microphones. Yeah, I, I imagine he'd play one part and then, you know, you'd feed it to his headset and he'd play along with himself until yeah. until it works out. See how that goes. Yeah, I think that's going to be fun. I, I'm not sure about exactly how to make it happen, but for our our purposes, I think I can figure it out. Did something just move behind you? I hope not. So it'd be can... over what I think is your left shoulder. There's something in a plastic bag. Is it your right um, shoulder? I don't know. Maybe you're mirrored. There really shouldn't be anything moving back there at all. Well, you need um, to shoot something because it just moved right above your mic cord in my screen. What's back there in a plastic bag? That side. Wait, what are we talking about? Are you... I don't know what oh, it this. is. Oh, I bet this. I bet this just moved a little. Oh, that must be what it is. It looked yeah, further like away a, to me. A GoPro wrist mount. Aha. Now, ghost. Uh, so I'm trying to think. We could probably use one more topic. We got ten minutes uh, to go. Wings Redemption hot sauce. Oh my! It you know you were saying like via text and stuff that it looks like that's really happening, and I thought to myself, right, I'm gonna file it with Tilk until he gives me some reason to believe that it's <laughs> really really happening. Now I'm on board. I think it's really really happening totally happening i uh i pinged wings kind of after pka last week 
and uh, and I don't attend Skype regularly. It's it's just on my downstairs computer. And so I came down yesterday to see if he'd written back. And I never know. Sometimes he writes back. Sometimes he doesn't. But uh, but he wrote back and he's and basically he said deal. We worked out uh, a deal that we're both happy with. So to license his image and name, obviously. Um, so at some point, I'm going to drive up to his house and I'm going to photograph him wearing a chef's hat, going. You know, doing one of those. Yeah, I get a few different photos of him. You know, dressed as a chef. Maybe I thought maybe holding a. I'd go to like Hooters and get a big thing of hot wings and have him holding a platter of wings and maybe the sauce in the other hand, something like that for the bottle. I think the the picture being interesting and funny is the whole point to me. And then I've um, we're gonna have a bunch of samples of different hot sauces. We're gonna pick the one that most exemplifies Wings of Redemption. He's gonna test some. We'll test some. Um, have you? I've got it all worked out. Have you considered, in my mind, the Wings of Redemption sauce was perhaps him profile shot, right? You know, the, the full magnificence that is Wings um, with the chef's hat on, but in, like, black silhouette, right? Like, so not, not a photo of the man, like, almost like a cutout of the man. Like Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, when he, yeah. Before the movie. But, you know, with no details. I, does Hitchcock have any... No, nah, it used to be just like his, like a black silhouette. Yeah, that, that that that's what I'm going for. Uh, that, Maybe that was my. I want his face, my, dude. I want his in. face on there in color, though. I want it to be like this, like him going, <laughs> like 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 I want that. Like and, and and I was thinking like, probably gonna do 200 bottles. I think that's the number. I think we can sell 200 of them. Probably probably, and I don't know the the pricing yet because I haven't worked it all out. How many bottles we're gonna get, and how much it's gonna cost per bottle, and you know all the overhead, but. Probably ten bucks a bottle. That sounds fair. I have a thought. Um, it, there could be two flavors. Oh yes, I'm way ahead of you. Okay, and and then you know you could do something like ten bucks a bottle or like fifteen or seventeen for the two pack. I I haven't thought it through, but that kind of thing. They we could do that, and I was thinking the um. So so one thought I've had a lot of thoughts about this. So one one idea was you get like. And I'm just spitballing, but let's just say a 12-ounce bottle of Hot Wings of Redemption original wing sauce. And, you know, that's your main thing. But then you've also got like a 5-ounce bottle of Gangster Grandma's Triple X hot sauce. And it's like Inferno mode, like the kind that you wouldn't even want to eat. Um, I, you could do something like that. Or I saw one, um, one option. I found a place that would do a sampler pack. And you literally get like a cardboard box. That's like got you know a cutout in the front, so so it's like a presentation piece. You've got like, and you would have three sauces, so you'd have Hot Wings Redemption wing sauce, Gangster Granny's Triple X Red Hot, and then throw in another wings uh, relative, uh, maybe a bast bastard Brook. Uh, Ass kicking uh, margarita hot. mix. Huh? Ass kicking margarita mix, right? Like oh. <laughs> Yeah, you do that. Uh, there's a pizza. I think they'll do a pizza sauce. We could probably do something like there's. There, it's endless. There's there's lots of things you could do. Um, so maybe we'll become uh, condiment con uh, condiment kingpins over here, <laughs> selling our uh, selling pizza sauce and and hot sauce <laughs> every week. We're com we're trying to keep it going. We're coming up with new <laughs> plays on words. Yeah, until eventually it's like a I don't know a, a Wings of Redemption universe. 
loot crate type thing where like oh i love that i'd sign up dude every week there's like you know mexican neighbor next door and it just plays music (laughs) it bothers you (laughs) i want some i want some swag from from wings of redemption's life i want some domino's coupons i want some (laughs) i want some uh, i won't be i won't be mean um but yeah we're gonna make the hot sauce uh wings is on board uh long as what we said didn't defend him or anything uh wings is on board uh and i'm on board I, I guess i'll probably handle fulfillment i don't think it'll be that big of a deal uh my girlfriend ships out a lot of stuff so she's got some experience with that and uh 100 200 bottles doesn't sound that bad uh i guess we'll see how it goes with like 100 or 200 bottles and if there's a huge amount of demand maybe do more but from the start i feel like we've got 200 people out there who would pay 10 or 15 dollars for a bottle of this hot sauce and if not then i'll just have so much hot sauce that i'll never run out (laughs) it's a (laughs) win-win yeah yeah i'm happy with that with that outcome yeah uh i think it's going to be cool this is um, we've had a bunch of PK ideas, uh, and, and this one's I've had floating around forever. I remember the first time I, can, I, I said this to him, and it was, it was that he should make a cooking video. It was like, there should be a cooking video called How to Make Hot Wings of Redemption, you know, and just, you know, make some, make some chicken wings. It doesn't matter what you do or, or anything, but he wasn't into it. But, uh, I think this is going to be cool. Yeah, I'm psyched for it. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we got a couple cool things that... The knives are happening. The, yeah, I, the knives and the hot like, I'm only happy when I'm selling things that I would buy, and I would totally buy this shit. Uh, I'll admit, you know, if, if you're looking for uh, the biggest bargain in hot sauce because you're a regular consumer, this probably isn't your thing. But this to me is more in the like Nuka Cola, you know, genre. Where it's like, yeah. you get this. Although I am going to make sure this thing tastes good. Like, we'll get some samplers. and Because like, that's important. In my head, number one important thing is the label. I think that it looking funny and being funny, you know, the little tidbits it says on the back that you can, that you can add in, you know, the specifics. Uh, that's the most important thing. Because it could be red water in there. And some people would still buy it just because of what it is. But I also want it to be good hot sauce that I'm going to, like, put on chili or pizza. And I don't like that crazy habanero you know the the ones that are that are that are joke sauces basically yeah especially given that you might have you know 180 extra bottles of this shit afterwards (laughs) yeah i don't want that either be good Uh, all right so pkn i think so all right so i hope you guys enjoyed it and uh i guess that's a wrap